Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grabback, your weekly podcast for viewing games in the Game Pass collection, bringing you three new perspectives of varying skill range. I am the astrologer of this episode, Andrew. With me, the one who's too busy staring up at the stars, Keith. Hello. And the one who can't figure out the difference between stairs and stars, Liz. Hey, guys. This week, we had a semi-requested game from the Xbox Game Pass uh, Twitter saying that we should play uh, Sea of Stars. So we said, hey, you know, you know what? We're taking that as a request. So here we are. We played Sea of Stars by Sabotage Studios. Sea of Stars is a old school 2.5D JRPG where you are playing as these two children who are known as Solstice Warriors. One is attuned to the moon and one is attuned to the sun. And you are raised up in this academy to go and essentially fight the evils of the world that are produced by the bad guy known as the Fleshmancer. But going around, Liz, was this a game or a pass for you? It's a game for me. I just thought it was just some good, clean fun, you know? I would just boot up and have fun. And I like the story. Um, I, I, there's some things that, you know, being nitpicky, I didn't care for sometimes. But overall, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, so CS Stars for me is, I'd, I'd actually put this in a definite game. There's going to be parts where I don't actually know what it is about the game that drew me in and had my attention so much, but I just loved everything about it. And yeah, I would, I would call it a definite game. Yeah, I'm with you. This is 100% a definite game. This game, I see of stars, I had so much fun with. I absolutely loved it. I wanted to keep playing it. I want to keep playing it. And... I, I, there's there's so much about this game that it, like I okay so I first was so excited so I loved Sabotage Studios because we played one of their games earlier that's unfortunately no longer game pass but it's called The Messenger and The Messenger blew me away like I did not expect much from that game but I absolutely loved The Messenger and then when I saw on their Twitter saying from the people who brought you The Messenger here's our new game and I got excited and at first it originally was only announced for PlayStation and I was really bummed. Then a couple months later, they finally said, hey, we're coming to Xbox. And I was excited again. And then another like month or two later, they said, and it's coming to Game Pass. And I was even more excited. But yeah, Sea of Stars did not disappoint. Because I was like, you know, if they did as good uh, with The Messenger with this game, just if the writing is just half as good as The Messenger, I was all about this game. And yes, it is. Two so, quick questions. Yeah. The Messenger was the like 2D Ninja Gaiden-esque game we yep. played, right? Okay. Yep. And then second question, I saw somewhere, I don't know if you know if this is true or not, that this is that Sea of Stars is actually set in the same world as The Messenger. Sort of. There's there's a bit of a spoilery stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I won't we don't have to go too far into that. I just I I was I had been watching something about it cuz I was I think I was trying to look something up. Spoiler alert. But I I just happened to stumble across like a quick review video someone had done. I was watching it and they mentioned that. So anyway. I mean, there's this is all about the game's all about dimensions and time and whatnot. So there's if you're kind of more asking do you need to play the messenger to know what's going on in this game? No. I am and, not asking that. I just was okay. curious if that was a true statement. That's all. You and um, yes or no would have worked just fine. And then another quick point too with my gamer pass. Uh, you know, this is a typical turn-based JRPG kind of style game. If you even even if you even if you don't like that style of game, 
I think you should still te- check this game out because this we'll get into it, but I feel like this game does so many things right that even I usually complain about turn-based JRPGs that just made this game awesome. So, yeah. So if this game's not on Game Pass, I also highly recommend you buy it because I loved it that much. But anyway, enough with my ranting. <laughs> Liz is already getting sick of it. Let's get into the I story. I said nothing. <laughs> yeah, but you, your eyes say a lot. But let's get into the story, as I said, of Sea of, uh, sea of Stars. I keep wanting to call it Sea of Thieves <laughs> just because I'm so naturally tuned to saying that. But Sea of Stars. So as I said, you are these two children that grow up in this village called Moon Cradle that literally is built, the city is built to essentially raise these children that are delivered to them by an eagle that, you know, a ch- when a child is born either on the winter solstice or the summer solstice, you know, they're born either tuned to the moon or the sun. They get dropped off of this village. The village raised the children up as a community. They go to this academy where they train to be soldiers. And then they go out and they try to fight the evil that is still within the world. These evil beings that, if they are left unattended to, will eventually get so strong that they will essentially consume the world. So you, as the solstice warriors, are trying to stop from the world from being consumed. You graduate from your school and you are joined by your childhood friend, Garl. Who he's is, great. He's awesome. But what did you guys think of the story of Sea of Stars? I really liked it. And at the beginning, the two older Solstice Warriors, they were hinting that like something kind of isn't right. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I guess it's not disappointing. I So I put in, I think, almost six hours. And I feel like they haven't really touched on it again. I feel like the story is a bit slow. And the only reason why I find it frustrating is because I'm really interested in it and I want to know more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. And the entire time, like, they better not leave Garl behind. Like, I, well, I say the entire time, the beginning, the be- beginning part. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I really wish I had played more so that I, I know more of the story. I know. I am loving the story. It's well, so the funny thing, or one of the funny things to me about Sea of Stars is so a couple of weeks ago, the big con, you, you were complaining. You're like, oh, I played like four hours and it feels like I played like 100. I've, I've I double checked it. I think I'm, and I'm like 13 hours in right now. And I feel like I've played 100, but not in a bad way. I, like, there's, I've just like been drawn into it in a way that I just, feels like i've been playing so much and i will say my like a nitpicky thing is sometimes i feel like the story moves a bit slow but outside of that i am enjoying the story which i i think that that's important uh coming from me it says something the i was gonna say that likeable. keith <laughs> <laughs> um and and yeah so i i thought it was pretty interesting it's got me invested and i'm i want to like get more involved in this world so I slightly disagree with you guys. I, I see where you guys are coming from, but to me, this is the one thing that I really love about this game, and it's the overall pacing. The pacing of this game, I think, is so well done. Because usually when you play like a JRPG style of this game, like when you're like, oh, we're going to a castle, it can just be a slog of an event of every five feet. You're getting these random events, these random encounters, and, and just like this, you just walking down a hall will take like two hours, and it's just annoying. But in Sea of Stars, I felt like the pacing was done so well. Like every time you're going to a new area, you're in there for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Like they're usually not very long dungeons. 
I understand where you guys are coming from the story because I am the same way. I'm enjoying the story where it's like I want to know more. But it's actually another thing that I do enjoy about this game. The cutscenes are well, the cutscenes are really quick. They're this animated cutscenes that are just short and sweet. But the actual when it comes to actual dialogue, I found it to be very like straight to the point. You go to a village, you know, a bunch of moles are freaking out because something's going on. They tell you, this is what's going on. This is the bad guy. Cool, we're going to fix the problem. End. And like, that's it. Now you're going on your, your adventure. It's not like, oh, let's talk about the history of this village. Let's go to all these people and go through all these things. So to me, I've actually felt like the pacing of the story was done well. I just felt like I, I just wanted more because I was enjoying it. It's like, what's going on? I want to know more of these motivations. I want to know more of these characters. Well... <sighs> Maybe maybe it's a bit much to say that it's slow. I think it's more, I don't know. I think like it was after I beat the Necromancer even, like all of a sudden a bunch of stuff happened and I was like, it, it almost felt like I was about to get a, uh, like a scene that was like, welcome to Sea of Stars. Like, you know how sometimes games do that where they give you like an hour of gameplay and then it's like your intro into the game and you have like that cutscene where he said it gives you the the, diet, the title of the game. Like I was like half waiting for that, but not in a bad way. Like I'm not like, oh, that would have like if it had done that, I would have been like, I kind of would have laughed almost honestly. But it's just I don't know. The first good chunk of hours felt almost like a like a tutorial. I kind of see where you're coming from, Keith, but I, I don't know. Like to me, it just it felt like the game was constantly kind of giving you these small bite sized stories of these villages that you're going to. And then there's obviously the overall story of you fighting the big bad guy. But that's why I just felt like the pacing was good because I was enjoying just these small bite-sized stories of you trying to solve the problem of like the, the village you're in. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean it even as a bad thing when I say that. It's more just there's – I don't know what it was about like there was just something about like the cutscene of it that I was just – I don't know. It, it felt like it was just a turning point to introduce the game. And I mean I and that's the thing too. I feel like this – this game's constantly giving you new things to do. So I guess you could say, I can see where you're coming from. Where you're like, oh, it feels like I was still in the tutorial. Because it's still like, yeah, yeah you're doing this. probably not doing the best this. word for it either. Because it, it, again, it's not a negative. I just, I, I can't stress enough that I don't mean it as a bad thing. I'm also wondering like how much more I'm going to see of some of the side characters that I've met along the way. And I thought it was interesting. The... The girl with the pink hair, the one that is recording history through her book. Teeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that they don't make you do that. Because you have all these monuments. What? You you give her the items to record history. That's true. I just thought there'd be more with it. But I also really haven't interacted with her a crazy amount. (laughs) Like, I have, but, like, I haven't really gotten to know her character at all or anything. I think she's just there to deliver history, and that's it. I don't think there's really much to her. Oh, okay. Because then there's, like, the mole person, and it's just, like, I don't know if there's going to be more with him. He's the one that was wreaking havoc with Uh, the fan. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, are all these people going to come back? Don't know. Well, you wouldn't spoil it for me anyways, but... (laughs) Well, no, I probably would because I know you probably wouldn't beat this game. I'm not going to beat the game, but I, there was never a point where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to play the game this week. It was, it was fun. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll go back to it someday. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I really liked was just the overall writing. 
I mean, there's a ton of fourth wall stuff, which sometimes got to be a little bit over the top because you're like, I, I get it. You're, oh, you're I don't like the fourth them. wall stuff. I don't remember. There's a oh, joke. you mean the archivist? Yolanda. She has that whole dialogue the first time. Uh, and, and it is funny. And, and so that kind of made me laugh. Yeah. Was yeah. she saying like every time you're going to a village more north, you're getting progressively like stronger items or something like that? that yeah. Kind of it's just like every, every, you know, every shopkeeper just has a slightly stronger item and somehow <laughs> they all live in a shack but sell you things for 3,000 gold. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I think it's funny. But she keeps doing it basically is like her whole dialogue. Um, so it points. I don't it, like Fortwall. Oh well, I just got her name. Her name's Yolanda Fortwall, as oh, in Fourthwall. I didn't even catch that because all she's ever talking about is her middle name. If my middle name ain't whatever. I liked Keenathan because it sounded like Keenathan. I loved. I loved his name, Keenathan. And if my it's name so hard Kenathan, to say. I know. I like it because it's like it's like it's supposed to be like Jonathan, but it's Keenathan. Yeah, I think so. Like the pirate characters as a whole, I think actually were my favorite characters, at least so far that I've met. Um, like, cause, cause again, you just, they like keep, they talk them up as pirates, pirates, pirates. And then they're really just a bunch of jokesters. Like, I mean, they yeah. are pirates, but they're not bad. They do good things. They help people. They just yeah. sail on their little dinghy boat raft. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like, and then there's that, and then the the whole like captain and assassin girl, and like no one really acts like they know until she shows herself. Which I love. Yeah, I love. Yeah, that, well, that, that you're joke not gonna, the joke, the achievements, like, oh, who would have known? Yeah, <laughs> that's well, pretty funny. I just love the reaction too, where they're like, yeah, we we kind of figured all along. Like, what? <laughs> that was pretty funny. I I will say that's probably my slight disappointment with Sea of Stars because the messenger's writing was hilarious. The shopkeeper and the messenger like straight up had me like cracking up laughing. And so like for Sea of Stars is is a bit more serious. There are some things that are kind of tongue in cheek that just kind of make me like chuckle a little. But like no, like the messenger had me laughing. We have to imagine Which, that's probably because it's like a JRPG though, like. They're always a little more serious. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask Keith, because Andrew, you didn't see it, but I felt like, so I love the character girl, of course, but I felt like there was a lot of weirdness with the graphics with him, not to get ahead, <laughs> but it like I don't understand their choice of artistry when it comes to him searching his bag. Keith, did you notice his pants? Well, no, <laughs> well, there's that, but also when he's searching his bag, the face that he makes, it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, no, there's something about the 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 way that they do it. It just doesn't. There's something wrong about it. And I feel like I search. Look at I make that face when I search so, a bag. <laughs> so I, I no, you do not coming from Liz. I don't. I don't, I don't know. think it bothered me, but I do kind of see what you're saying. Like there was something and then, weird about his face. No, yeah, just like that one thing when he's like, you, if he is giving you food in battle and he's reaching in his yeah. bag, that specific animation. And then also, I was like, halfway through like the the six hours, and all of a sudden his pants, like his knees, they look like boobs, and I can't <laughs> see it. I, I don't see it. But and I... They look like patches I mean, to me. Look, well, not this minute, but I, I, I'm going to look. He's like, no, look, at, look up a picture of Garl. <laughs> and when he's like in like middle of action, his like the way that his legs are, it's it, straight so, up. Do you think the patches on the knees look like nipples? Is that what you're saying? 
It's just something very. <laughs> Now we're now we're going to the internet. I'm <laughs> trying to picture the patches, and and that's why I'm like maybe, but I just like whenever I see them now, I just think that they're you know. No, they just kind of yeah, they just kind of look like orange patches on his. It's during like certain animations, like during battle and stuff. Like I mean, there's just do they kind of jiggle jiggle? I guess when he's moving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never really paid attention. I don't know. I, do you know what? It's movies. just me. Liz, Liz screenshotted it. So, we'll send you. Yeah, do you have the picture? We can send it to Keith. No, because I, I had a video. Sure. Oh, yeah. See? So, Keith, there's there's Carl. No, Keith, not, not when he's standing like that, though. Like that, I wouldn't think of. I mean, yeah, those just. Like, boobs. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying boobs too much now. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I, don't I didn't quite get it either. But let's take a picture. And she was like, "Do you notice his knees?" I'm like, "No." No, that's the problem. I took a video. Oh. But um, story. <laughs> so it is just me. Yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing comes up on Google if you search "Sea of Star Sea of Stars" girl knee boobs. So. <laughs> so she was. I'm surprised you Googled that. I'd be afraid just of what to find. When you play There's it again, research. Keith, just look at his <laughs> knees a little bit when he's moving around. All right. If there's any listeners out there that uh, agree with Liz, she would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, uh, the side characters, as far as the story goes, I just like all the main characters. I think though this world they've just written is just really interesting. I want to know more about every other character. I love when there's cutscenes. I love when there's story dialogue. I mean, this is surprising coming from you, Keith, who doesn't like story. This is what I think the why I think the pacing is so good because you don't like story, Keith. And I feel like if it was just you reading a 15 minute text back and forth, you would be out. But that's why I think this game did so well with its pacing that it kept you interested. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely parts where I was kind of skimming dialogue a little bit. Like, again, like, with Yolanda there, I was like, okay, like, I, I would read enough to get the joke, but not really trying to ex- absorb information of what was going on, because I knew she wasn't saying anything of value at that point to the story. But, yeah, all in all, I I thought the writing was, it was short, to the point, it was clever, and I, I overall enjoyed it. Like, even just, like, the boss fights, um, when you beat the, what's her, the necromancer? And, and she's like, yeah, I'll be back. And next time we won't be alone. And throughout battle, she had summoned a bunch of characters. Yeah, and which your characters she, called her out on it. Like, what, it's you like, you weren't like, alone. It's not what I meant. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the gameplay, as I said, you know, this is a typical J- turn-based JRPG kind of style game. You know, you pick your skills, you pick your battles, you fight your enemies, and you level up, and so on and so forth. I, what I... Absolutely loved about Sea of Stars because, like I said, you know, if you say, "Hey, it's a JRPG," you kind of know what you're getting into for gameplay. But once again, Sea of Stars does so many choices right in specifically the combat. Even when I love a JRPG, you know, recently I beat the original Octopath Traveler. Like I put it, that's like an eight, like a forty-five plus hour RPG. By the end of it, I'm still kind of like, okay, this is kind of getting tedious. Usually when you're playing a JRPG, because this is hours long, you kind of get repetitive over and over again. I know what skills I'm going to pick over and over again. I know what characters I like, blah, blah, blah. But the combat is always keeping you busy. 
And that's what CSRs did so well because it has a system where when you're attacking, you can hit A again at the moment of point of impact and you'll actually do like another follow-up attack adding more damage to your basic attack or your special attack. And then same with blocking. If an enemy is attacking you, as soon as the enemy hits you, you can hit A and do a massive reduced damage of the enemy attack. And this is just constantly keeping you engaged in the battle and which made battles constantly keep feeling refreshing and just not stale of, well, I'm just going to do a fireball up. I win the fight. Okay, let's keep going. And I, go ahead. I loved seeing my improvement with that, especially really with did. blocking. Like I really struggled. At well, the your beginning. first issue, you kept forgetting that you could block. Yes. You always remembered you could attack, but I haven't kept reminding you on, you can block lids, like block that attack. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah. And we recently played, um, an RPG, a turn-based game. And I, the combat was too simple and I didn't like it. So this was refreshing, but I gotta be mean for a second. I think you're just still going to bring this up because I'm not helping you anymore. (laughs) No. So I was playing the game and I forget what it's called. It's not the, is it the crescent one or the other one? It's the moon, moon orang. Yeah. The moon orang Valer's skill. And so I was sitting with Andrew and he was like, Oh, I, I love doing this one. He's like, I just got the achievement for doing 25 here. Let me see. He takes my controller and biffs it like the first he he hit a to to um fling it and then it came back and he missed like the first one and i just thought it was so funny i knew it, i was like you're gonna bring this up in the podcast she's like yep it's like wow I'm not because whenever again. it comes to helping me when it comes to like a battle or something i don't know if it's nerves but you do usually mess up yeah because i try to impress you I try to impress the cute girl. It is impressive though. Like he really, you really did a good job, like better than me with it after that. But like, I just think it's funny that that usually happens where like the first time when you, when you're doing something for me, it's like, Oh, (laughs) because it was, so I should say it was the one with like those little worm guys that can summon. And so his, um, inability to do that caused me to get six more of them. And so it was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> but Liz, how, how that twenty-five? I I didn't. Oh, I was. So I'm, I I swore I thought I had got twenty-five at least once. I I clearly didn't, or I don't know. I I didn't count ever enough to prove that I did or didn't. But I thought I would have multiple times because I did get pretty good at the moon ring. It took me a while because um, I've realized that you could hit deflect a lot earlier than it hitting you. And then yeah, it was more forgiving. Like not to not to put it in the same vein as Rad Ghost by any means, but it had that same type of feel. Like where the, it was almost more difficult the first couple as it was going slower, and then once it got going fast, then it was just like a rhythm of just like quick tapping A. So yeah, know. well that's how I did it because like I, I would I'd say in my brain of like oh I just gotta hit faster, and then at a certain point I'm just going a a a a a like hitting it super quick, and that's how I got the twenty five. But yeah, overall, I, I never, I, I didn't put words to it. So I like the way you explained it. Is the fact that that mechanic kept me engaged in the battle because that is one of the biggest kind of downfalls to any RPG or turn-based RPG yeah. is just the ability to just click a button and yeah, you strategize a little bit. You look at your points. You know, what do I have to spend to send? The, you know, use this skill, whatever it may be. But 
there's not a lot outside of that so this and like did you talk about the whole like seal like lock breaking or seal breaking aspect too no because so i guess i'll jump into that aspect is that beyond just having to pay attention to each individual attack or each individual defense you'd have the moments where the enemy is casting and it would give you you know four blocks six blocks or whatever of a certain icons or icons thank you sorry there are in blocks but whatever um <laughs> that would tell you the specific attack type and if you could break all of those blocks then you would be able to cancel the enemy's attack so you had to strategize your attacks and figure out okay can i multi-attack with this skill or that skill or, or whatever it may be so i i don't know i just really appreciated that aspect of combat and there yeah. was times where as you were saying some jrpgs are like ugh. I took two steps. Here's another battle. I kind of found myself I, being like, I, I kind of want another battle. Where's some more? Me enemies. too. I want more. Fights. I wanted to fight more. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 refreshing to have that in in a turn-based RPG. Yeah, like this game, like I said, focuses more, I think, on like environmental puzzle solving, which it never was very hard, but it was always fun and interesting, and you could always see the enemies. So you know. Actually, I never thought about it because, I like as, as Key said, I wanted to fight all the enemies because I wanted to level up and get stronger. Liz actually like learned to sneak by enemies and just like kind of ignore them. I like, did found a way to kind of pass if them. I was if I was going back to an area for some reason and I was just like trying to get to a campsite or something like that. I was like, I I just want to run there. I would sneak past them, but largely I was trying to fight them all. Well, that was by the waterfalls, and I knew that I was going to go back there anyways, and I just didn't want to deal with it at that time, mm. which for me, like, I always get so frustrated when there's, like, three different paths to go, and, like, if there's some areas where, like, you know, the hidden chest under the waterfall and stuff, so you really need to, you love to do all three. Yep, I really do. <laughs> Keith, um, I was curious what you thought of the in-game game i forget what it's called oh. but because i didn't actually play it andrew played it on my game because i was actually going to bed and so i didn't really want to get into it but he brought up that you know there's so many games that make their own in-game games like the witcher yeah. which because i remember loving the witcher majority one. rpgs will have a mini game that is a like essentially a card game within their game but i thought it was really interesting so i was yeah. curious if you liked it so this one was called wheels wheels that's what it was very very difficult name to remember I, I can see how i forgot it um <laughs> i i actually didn't get into the witcher and then honestly a lot of times in rpgs i find myself skipping them at least if it's an rpg we play for the podcast like i'll play it a little bit but i i often want to spend more time getting into the further gameplay so I'm, i i kind of go eh, that's a complicated game i don't feel like doing that i'm going to play the game we're playing wheels now i think i've only gone through two areas where i found a table for it it's a really cool mini game i, I really like I think it it's a lot of fun i like I, just the way that it's designed and it's simple it, it, it there's is. not a crazy level of trying to figure out all of these bells and whistles like it took me a couple rounds to fully understand what i was trying to do or how to best strategize but outside of that it was more like strategy not how does the game work yeah i i really like the mini game wheels uh i mean anytime an rpg has like an in-game game they're always so fun i mean like the witcher you had gwent which eventually ended up creating a arcade game of gwent you know i remember uh knights of the old republic had a card game called 
I keep wanting to say it was Kazan or something like that, or Kizit or something weird. But they had a card game. But yeah, I just love there's always some sort of like mini game, usually in an RPG, and I thought Wheels was fun. But um, yeah, the other great thing too I really wanted to mention about the combat, because this is another thing in almost every sort of JRPG you play that is always a pet peeve of mine. And CSRs does a great job with it. And that is party members. Like, the characters are so great in this game. And usually when you're in an RPG, you know, it's like, even like Mass Effect, it's like, ah, do I take Garrus? Do I take Rex? Ah, do I take Liara? Like, I love all these characters. I want all of them with me. And Sea of Stars has a fantastic system of you can swap your party out mid-fight and it doesn't cost you a turn. So it's like you're constantly, you can constantly juggle each character and party member that you have. You don't get penalized for it. And you're just having fun with everyone. And then not only that, the game also paces the character as well. Like you, you know, you have Grawl with you majority of the time. Like he's your, obviously your first companion. It's, you know, Valir, Zael, and then Garl. It's your, those three members. But even too, as you're playing the story, sometimes he's like, I'm going off. And it's like, well, now he's gone. Like he's a party member that you can't, he's still in your party. Like you'll still be able to play with him later. But the game forces you to not have him for a short amount of time. And, you know, here's this other character, party member that you can have now. So I just, I thought the pacing of having these characters with you is so good. Because I hate having the choice of who's going to be benched. But you don't have to have that worry anymore. Well, and, and with that, too, is even when they're out of the party, they're just earning XP. Everyone just earns yeah. XP, so there's no trying to figure out, oh, I gotta, like you said, not even... I gotta level like up this a, guy that's been on the bench. Yeah, like, a, oh, I, I like this character, but I haven't <coughs> used them enough, It's or it's, sometimes it's an XP thing, but you don't have to worry about that. Um, I know there was one point where he left my party unexpectedly, and I had just put an item on him, that I was like, boy, I would love to have just moved that to another character <laughs> but i can't do that now um it, it didn't have a great impact because i i don't know about you guys but i felt like overall i i don't want to say this in a bad way but it's because it almost sounds it but it's almost very easy like i don't know that i ever really struggled in any battles or really at any given point i died, I died. a couple times oh, yeah i did die it's it's not that i was i was untouchable by any means but any of my deaths i would i pretty much immediately went okay i know how to get through this on my next battle or and if i didn't the next one like i don't think anything ever took me more than two tries because just so another thing too where i don't know sometimes like boss battles in these types of fights seem like they can take forever and they heal themselves a million times and I don't know i just like even the boss battles in this they felt like a boss battle they were cool the visuals all of that but they were just very manageable and they didn't seem like just big meat chunks see i did some of the cheats just because i was lazy (laughs) but i aspect of it though yeah, because yeah, you can turn them that. off, yeah. too. So for me, it's just like, when it, it's pretty much like, oh, do you want to keep making food over again? It, like, it, that's pretty much what you're kind of dealing with with that. Um, but what happens when you die? Like, do you go back to, because there aren't, like, you, there's the saves, but there's no autosave, right? It, so where do you start? It depends. If you die in a random encounter, it loads you from the last save point. But I noticed usually when I die during a boss battle... It just load me 
before the boss battle. Well, because a lot of times there's a save point right before a boss. Yeah. So that, I mean, makes sense. So that might have been a happenstance that I thought about that, that I thought it just slowed me back there. But yeah, it usually would just like load your last save. Because yeah, I didn't didn't die at all. Yeah. I I think there was some level of auto, not (laughs) auto save, but like checkpoints. I don't um, know. It's it's not real though. I can guarantee, I can can tell you this. The little running figure in the corner made me think that there was. Well, no, it would show a book in the corner and it said saving. And I didn't quite get that because there is no autosave in this game. But Majority of my time, I played in the cloud and I lost about 15 minutes of gameplay because I I quit before I got to a save point. Right. But what I think it is, is I think it's in play checkpoints because one of the parts where I did die, actually, I think probably twice, it was... uh, the like the one of the maze areas or not maze areas but areas where you're just going moving around a bunch of switches and platforms before the necromancer and it i didn't have to go back through like all three stages of it i just had to go back and do the last stage before i moved into like the boss area and so i i I think it gives you mini checkpoints but if i had quit it would have brought me back to my last save point i'm pretty sure yeah because it, it's cause yeah, it gives it's something you a like that. I, I, load game option, so I don't think it goes yeah. back to a save point. I don't know. It's it's a little confusing and misleading when it says saving, but it's not really saving. It's I don't know. It's kind of odd. So I'm already gonna give this warning if you are playing on the X Cloud. You know, I usually love turn-based RPGs in the X Cloud, but yeah, as you have save points, you actually have to physically save at because if you don't and you quit the game, it loads to where you were at a save point. So. I lost 15 minutes or so. It's just unfortunate, but it wasn't that big of a loss. Like I was able to get back to it quickly, but um, yeah, to your point though, Keith, I agree. This game isn't very hard. And once again, this is a thing I love and it, I associate it with the pacing that the majority of the fight I'm doing, like I did not turn any of the accessibility things on, which we'll talk about in a second, but um, yeah, this game's not very hard. I died, I think once or twice in random encounters, but that's because, you know, I just didn't prepare and I got kind of, caught with my pants down but yeah the boss fights it was a couple times i dodged in boss fight and i just was like okay now i know what i need to do who i need to have out in the parties and who what what part i need to focus on but that's what i liked about this because usually in a jrpg when you're at a boss and it beats you usually your option is hey leave and just keep fighting random mobs grind get a couple levels then go back and try to fight the guy again but that this game isn't I, I just to me didn't feel like that i never felt like i had a grind i never felt like i had to go back and kill a bunch of monsters to level up one or two more times to take the boss on and that's what i loved about this game i i, I wouldn't have mind it because i loved the combat and i wanted to do more fights and level up but no but um yeah the relics that liz was talking about this is another thing that's great about sea of stars is it has like these accessibility options called relics you first are awarded a couple right at the beginning. And the one Liz turned on was, it was essentially called story mode. Every time at the end of a battle, your characters will fully heal. So you can turn that relic on. There's no penalty either. You know, you still get the same XP. It doesn't lock you out of achievements. And then the other one that I usually turned on was it gave you more of a notification when you did a perfect block or a perfect attack. It didn't help you with it. It just gave you more of a visual cue that you did it right. And so that one I turned on because I was like, oh, that's just kind of something that's nice to see. Yeah, it's like turning and, um, on And as you progress... On, on Halo. Yeah, kind of. Uh, and then as you progress through the game, you find shopkeepers and they sell more relics that'll do different things. Uh, 20% increased XP for all your party members. Makes shops cheaper. 
makes it so you are guaranteed, like you have a 35% chance to doing a perfect block, even if you're not trying to perfect block. So like, it, it was a really cool that the game wasn't just like right off the get go here. Do you want to make this game stupid, easy, turn on all the things. There you go. And just sit back and relax. Like we've played on other games like Ickenfeld, where it let you auto win. Like that gave you it right away. And Sea of Stars, it, it kind of forced you to at least try. At least play the game and try. And if you are struggling and you get to, you know, the third town, then maybe you can buy the relic and kind of make it easier for you. So I, I thought it was a really neat idea to at least, like, not let you cheat and cheese right away. Didn't you say that there was a shopkeeper that's kind of hidden that gives you um, relics that make it yeah. harder? Yeah, there's a hard relic Did you shop. do any of those? No. I was tempted to because, as Keith said, it was like, oh, this wasn't too hard. I just didn't want to because, for the sake of this podcast, I wanted to know more of the story and I wanted to progress more. So I just didn't want to slow myself down. Because, like I said, I still was dying on some boss fights, so... That's for me. I was like, yeah, I just don't want to get infuriated. But yeah, there was a shopkeeper that did like, uh, you got like 40% increased damage received. Uh, another one where it's like, um, you can't, I think, cancel spells from enemies or something like that. Is that the secret? But yeah, I thought it was interesting. That this, yeah, under the dock, he sold hard relics. Okay. Because I was going to say, there's, they even have, I guess, like in between ones. Because there's, I think it's the one that's like, does the auto block for you. But it gives you, it's like 40% reduced damage on your bonus hits. So yeah. it doesn't even give you the full reward. So it, it kind of balances out even some of its accessibility features, which I like because it, it makes the ease of play there, but it doesn't just, like as you said, kind of auto win it for you. You still have to do at least a little bit of the work. But yeah, the relics were such a fun idea. There, there really is. There's, there's a lot of gameplay because I'm 12, 13 hours in and I still haven't even hit... I. I mean, I don't know how big of a mechanic it turns into, but you rebuild a town, and yep. I didn't even touch that. So it's that's like, what it's, the shells are for, right? Uh, kind of a little bit. Oh, um, yeah, you're finding these for, these right? rainbow conch shells that you kind of use to help build the town. Uh, the building of the town was a little disappointing. Uh, you I was don't. For it's dark it's more of a phrase that you build a town. Well, slightly like that, you do go to other towns. And there are some NPCs you can recruit to move to your town. But okay. the the town building, in quotations, is, is, was a little disappointing. I was I was hoping for something a little more in-depth, but it, it's it's more just, hey, you built a town. Well, yeah, but not especially really. Like, where it's just a cutscene. <laughs> there's a lot of the, the JRPG genre where you can go and you can collect, you know, 100-plus different people and you can build up a castle and you have all these different aspects and things that even yeah. if it's all driven you can do some like massive world building or at least feel like you are because of how much they they allow you to put into it so that's what i was kind of hoping that this was going to throw into there it sounds like it's not but oh, okay. nonetheless I, I i don't think it's a fault at all I, I still think there's so much other so many good things about csr so Another thing I absolutely love, love, love about Sea of Stars that uh, is a big pet peeve of mine in a lot of JRPGs, and that is item management. Like, I cannot tell you how many JRPGs I played. I have like 40 potions. Like, I'm stockpiling potions and paralysis potions and nightmare potions and all these antidotes and blah, blah, blah. Like, you just have all this garbage. It does not exist in Sea of Stars. Like, even when you're getting equipment to give your characters, one, there's not a ton. I'm not like shifting through a bunch of rings 
that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll trade this one. Maybe I want this one. Maybe I want this one. No, there's actually like a bare minimum of rings that like everyone can have like two rings and like a, a necklace, but the necklaces are rare. And it's like, you, you like it, I essentially have one ring on each person and no extra rings. So like there's not a lot of just random garbage you're finding. And when it comes to upgrading weapons, it's super clear cut. This is giving you plus this, plus this. So I instantly know, okay, that's a better weapon. Instantly buy and equip. Super easy to manage. Like you're not juggling garbage. And I'm not juggling a bunch of health potions. No, instead you're cooking recipes, which you can only have 10 food items on you. And it was like a balance of, do I want mana? Do I want health? Do I want something that heals all the party? It was the item management in Sea of Stars is so user-friendly and it's nice to not have an RPG where item management item management is like a part-time job. Yeah, I love that you know the weapon. Like you said uh, that the weapon yeah. is better because that's really frustrating when you play a game and it's like, well, it's minus 10 for this, yeah, but plus but, 8 but here. But the attack speed's faster. And, and, yeah, and, exactly. So for me, like it was refreshing to just be able to be like, yep, buy that. Yep. And uh, I feel like I always had money yeah. too. I, I, that I disagree with. This is another thing. And usually in an RPG, like, I feel like you're always like a thousand, you have a thousand credits. In Sea of Stars, you know, just having a triple digit amount of coins is like, that's a lot of money. Like, usually in a battle, it's like you got two coins. So it's like, it's weird to have actually like a game where its economy isn't like, oh, I have a million gold by the end of the game. Like, no, it's like, no, you're given like two gold every time you win a fight like it's really just pennies maybe it's because it's where i am now but whenever i finally find a shopkeeper like i have the money to buy everything that i want well so, yeah because i'm also buying food ingredients because i'm actually healing my party members cooking the food you weren't as much because oh yeah no that's very, that's very true and so i feel like i just have way too much food that i'm not using <laughs> so yeah no, no that's that's well, a fair point the, the thing is though I I don't even use that much food, so I don't have the I don't have the auto heal turned on, but I rarely heal outside of battle, and that's you, you will of, when you get farther, and that's that is possible. But at least so far as I've played now, I I've largely just relied on the healing of my characters, and, and in a lot of ways, you can heal yourself up before you finish off a battle. So I so far well, it's very forgiving that on that. But other question I have. Like the other great thing is whenever you level up, you are given four points to, and you pick one. So it's like, Hey, your character level up. Do you want to get extra attack, uh, magic defense, you know, physical defense or health, like you get, or, or mana points. Like you, you, it's random four different attributes you want to select. I don't know about you guys. I was building my characters as glass cannons. So if I ever have the option for attack or magic attack, I always selected that. I started doing that after you said that, but I also, I, I would go between it. health. What? I regret my choice though. Well, anyway. so I would, I was, I'd go either health or attack were my main two, but I actually loved like getting more and more health for them yeah. um, to have that kind of safety net. So I'd say at this point, it's probably about 50, 50 for me. So I'm not going to say I did it properly or well, but I did <laughs> effectively try to like build each character as I saw them. So for Valer, I saw her kind of more, I don't know, more of like a battle mage. So I focused more on the physical attack, heavier. Well, she was a battle monk. Or battle monk, I'm sorry. So I, I, I don't <laughs> know, I saw it more physical damage. I So I went with her more physical attack. Uh, Zane? Zale? Zale. Zale. I always forget his name. Zale, I built more magic because he had that 
magic sunball, which was awesome just without a lot yeah. of magic attack built into it. Uh, Garl, heavy defense and health. And I was kind of balanced with the sh- sheer, the pirate. Saray, I thought her name was. Saray, yeah, I think Saray, maybe something along. Those I thought lines. it was Saray. I thought it was supposed to be kind of like as in serrated. Maybe know, was... the, the the captain assassin person. There you uh, go. Yeah, Portal-y. so I, I kind of balanced her out a little bit, and I'm guessing you get at least one more companion, if not more. You get two more. Okay, so I haven't done anything with them yet because I haven't got them, but uh, that's how I've sort of built when I can. Yeah. So, as I said, I did glass cannons. And as you said, Keith, of like, oh, I could just kind of heal in-game in the fight at the end. I was doing that for a while. But after a while, my characters were getting so strong that, you know, one hit would take like a quarter of my health. But I could finish a fight in like two or three turns. So I actually wouldn't even have time to heal in the middle of the battle because I would finish the battle so quick. And then I was like, oh, I kind of regret this choice of making them too strong. Well, but I, I, I like love the, the simplicity of leveling too. up. Yes, That's the knockout. Thing. When when your characters get knocked out, it usually two turns and they revive themselves. Super nice. I well, love that feature. And it adds more stars, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, if it, they keep getting knocked down. But that's what I like too. Is it like yeah, you might lose someone for a while, but you can really like string along a battle, especially if you have like for me, if Garl was the last one left alive and either he hadn't really been hit hard that battle, he's he's got like seventy five percent of his health. And I can take a lot of hits with him. I can I can usually get myself by, especially one heal from him heals himself up. So I I I don't know. I I found myself able to do it, but I also have not gotten as far as you have, Andrew. But I yeah. also have built more defense to my character. So I think I might have a little better luck on that. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just, it was one more aspect of the battle that I really liked. All right, but we need to keep moving because we've already... There's a lot I feel like I talk about the combat and stuff. The gameplay of Sea of is just so good. But the other thing I really want to talk about that I absolutely loved, and that is the graphics. Specifically, the color palette choice of this game. This game is beautiful. Like, it is so refreshing to play a game that has, like, bright pinks, neon blues, and oranges. It is a bright, shining, colorful palette of a game. And it's, like... I forgot what color it looks like in a video game. Playing so many games that are just dreary browns and grays and stuff like that. Like, that is usually a color palette of most games. This game is so bright and vibrant. But it wasn't, like, eye-bleeding vibrant. Like, nothing like that. It was just refreshing to see beautiful, colorful landscapes. Yeah, I agree. I liked the cutscenes. I liked the, yeah, the, the gameplay graphics. Anim- anime style. But I will I say, it. every once in a while, it reminded me of Stardew Valley. Like, the way that they place landscape. I can um, see that. Like the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not in a bad way. Um, <laughs> but I just like every once in a while I thought of uh, Stardew. But yeah, overall, I, I really like the graphics. Except for what I mentioned earlier. And not that I don't like those weird girl things, but it just, it is a little weird. Girls, girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> the girls. Oh. <laughs> No, I, I, I 100% agree. Because even with it having a, a good amount of like bright cheering colors it it wasn't all that either you still go into the necromancer's swamp yeah. there and then you still have but still has nice neon greens to it well that that is true too but it but it's not all bright colors though and then it's not yeah. you know there's bad things that happen at a point and it's not all just 
a bunch of destroyed buildings. It, there's, I don't know, there's fire and color still, I don't know, managed throughout it. I just, I think, I think you make a good point with, with the overall look of it. But I, I just liked, you know, give, giving that old school feel of like playing an old N64 RPG, JRPG, you know, like those were the days I felt like I played the most of those. And so playing, playing that style just always has a little bit of nostalgia for me. Yeah. And a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> or just me personally. <laughs> Only me. I also like that, I mean, everything that you can interact with, it was very obvious you could interact yep. with it. Like and same with. Chest. Yeah. yeah. And same with, like, it's like, oh, I look like I can walk over there. And then there is a, a secret. So I, I felt like, even from a new perspective, that it wasn't too hard. Yeah. yeah. Even like you could interact with just about any bookshelf and they just kind of have some dumb comment about it or whatever, like some old books or whatever. But if yeah. there actually was something there, it would have a little sparkle to it, I noticed. Yep. Oh, are you going to bring up the name of the, the boss astuce. that you were surprised <laughs> by? Because, I mean, you don't have to say what it is, but like I said earlier, oh, it's just, you know, some good, clean fun. And then Andrew like showed me like this is the name of one of the bad guys and it's... um. Uh, the bad guy's name is literally Boulder Douche. Oh, Boulder. <laughs> which, which is funny because it's literally a rock guy that's also a DJ. <laughs> it's just like, this is a, like, actually a lot of the names of the enemies were pretty funny. There was one of like a wizard. Yeah, the, mer- it, it, like, the mermaid w- wizard, but it wasn't. It was like wizard, like wizard, wizard or something. moth wizard. Yeah, it was something weird. Yeah, but like, I think it's just like a little bit of the humor of this game and I loved it. It just, it actually kind of surprised me. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's so subtle because, like, usually, Geodude evolution. Don't we don't talk a lot about <laughs> using these words, but in a game that's going to use a, the humor of using something like douche, I don't. It's going to be like so, like more slapstick, and I don't know. I think of um, high on life in that type of comedy. Yeah, yeah. But there's like nothing else like that throughout the whole game there's just one random joke of that and they just pass over <laughs> it like it doesn't exist and i think part of it is i don't because i would have caught it attention to enemy names so they're just like yeah we can just throw whatever the heck we want in the in the enemy names and no one's ever gonna notice and it just felt like a fun little joke that they had with themselves yeah i fully agree because i surprised i caught it it's like when i finally crossed over the enemy to select an enemy i noticed i was like wait is that the name of the enemy <laughs> Yeah, like I could see that uh, being like them sitting around playing it as they're as they're building, and just <laughs> someone's like, "Ah, the stinking boulder douche again." <laughs> no, that's the name now. Ah, <laughs> oh, but it's so funny. Ah, uh, and that's what I like too. Like the game, it has these slight humors to it, but it is also, as you said, Keith, pretty dark. Like the, the some of the monster designs are very grotesque and fleshy, and some of the story elements can be pretty dark. Uh, like when you, I don't think you've gone to the part, but you find a gorilla matriarch. I sent you a picture of a comical section part of it, but when you found the story of that that area, it's actually pretty dark. And it's like okay, but um, that's what I like. The I enjoyed about the game. It's like it's bright and colorful, but it's not like oh, it's all happy and sunshine. It's like no, there's some pretty uh, pretty sad elements this game. But um, all right. But the other thing that's so good. And I remember I loved it originally, too, with The Messenger. The music in Sea of Stars is so good. I love this soundtrack. So I I saw in the trailer, 
I'm going to butcher the guy's name because unfortunately I'm not very good at Japanese names. But they actually got the composer originally from Chrono Trigger, which a lot of people always said, you know, this game looks a lot like the old school JRPG Chrono Trigger. But they got the original comp- uh, composer, uh, Yusunori Mitsu- uh, Mitsuda. So he actually did a good amount of the composing in this game. But, I mean, there obviously is a lot of soundtrack elements I noticed from The Messenger. Because there's an autumn level in The Messenger. I specifically remember the music from that because I remember I loved it so much. And I noticed there's a lot of sound bites from that in an autumn level in Sea of Stars. But yeah, the soundtrack is so good. I, You can play this game without headsets because there's no voice dialogue. But I wanted to have my headsets on all the time. And that's the thing too when it comes to JRPG. This can grate on me so quickly is like battle music. Oh, um, uh, the Cassette Beast. I remember we played Cassette Beast, which is another kind of a turn-based RPG. I got so sick of the battle music. I, I got so that. sick of it. But in this, no. I was okay with the battle music, the victory music. Nothing got grating in this game. See, I know I, you disagree on one. Well, song. no. So I, I did like the music. There was one day that I played and it's when I... got to the Mole Village. I was grumpy when I was playing <laughs> and there's this like really just loud music playing over and over again because it's through the dialogue. Once the dialogue ends, it's over, yeah. but it overstayed its welcome because I was grumpy and yeah, I just, and it was only because I was grumpy, but then there was this one song that when reminded Garl, me, what? When Garl shows up? Oh, no, never mind. The song when Garl shows up and he's talking I'm like, I was sitting there dancing while you were listening to it. Oh, I love that oh song. I don't know That's which one you're song. talking about, but I there was one song that reminded me of Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah, the and theme the song. Yeah. yeah, and I. I just couldn't stop hearing it, and um, but I, that's that's a positive. I was like, I haven't thought of that show in a very long time. I I, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think there's a lot of reasons for me to think of Gilligan's Island. Why haven't they done a remake of that yet? With everything they've done, that is a prime remake show. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want it. Oh, do you want another Gilligan's Island? All over that. Do you know how I'm not I'm not trying to shame anyone based on their age, but my parents would jump all over that. They they would be on <laughs> well, CBS every Tuesday night watching the new Gilligan's Island, I'll tell you that. So See, I think it's even old like it didn't it come out in the sixties? I think so. Maybe So that means it's actually like more for like our parents our grandparents. That's what I mean. I mean, there is a Gilligan remake. It's called Survivor. Oh, you mean Lost? Uh <laughs> No. I think mine joke was better. Anyways. <laughs> That's weird to think about that it came out when like my my parents were kids. That's weird to think about. Like it's that old. I mean, I Aren't all the actors dead at this point? No, I think um Ginger's still around. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> but anyway, music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Um yeah, I liked the music too. I thought it was good. I don't know. I, d- I did listen I, to it, and it didn't bother me, and I liked it. I just, I, I don't think it stood out to me as much. I was, I was just having too much fun fighting bad guys. See, so yeah, this week I was editing uh, the newest episode while playing this game, and it made me sad because I was like, I'd rather be listening to the music right now. Not that I don't enjoy our podcast and editing it, but I was like, I love this music so much. I really wish I could be listening yeah, to it right now. You would rather listen to that music than hear Liz talk. 
That's what you're saying. Uh, I wasn't was in the last week. Liz wasn't on, Keith. Oh, <laughs> so me. I don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, the music is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, as far as achievements go, though, it's... Sad? Yeah, it's... Not- I mean... Andrew, you put a lot of time into it. You're at 215 out of 1,000 with 13 achievements. Keith, 110 with 7 achievements. And I'm... 35 uh, with three out of 42 achievements. That doesn't... Like, I was actually surprised that more weren't popping up. Um, I think it's disappointing. I mean, it's it's not for quick achievement hunters, but as far as achievements go, uh, they're not too hard. Uh, oh, I will give a warning. Uh, don't look at the secret achievements. Uh, there is a pretty significant spoiler that I saw, and I was like, I wish I didn't see that. Wait, is it um, under... Is it a secret achievement? Yes. Uh, But majority of the secret achievements are uh, story related of just beat this guy, beat this guy, beat this guy. So there are, as far as I could see any missable achievements, there are a couple of achievements that are revealed that are to like find every treasure. Like that's a bit of a work. But um, once again, there is an accessibility relic you can get where you get a treasure finding parrot and it'll tell you, hey, there's treasure on this island. Search uh, in this area. And it kind of gives you a general idea as to where treasure is. So to get that achievement, cool. you just turn that parrot on and he kind of gives you a guide as to where to go. But yes, if you don't want spoilers, don't reveal the secrets. Just beat the game. And then if there's any secret ones, reveal them because I don't think any of them are missable, like I said. it's a, In all <laughs> fairness, most secret achievements are... Pretty lame. Not, yeah. And they're missable. So yeah. it's like... I don't remember the last the time there's a spoiler in yeah. one, so... It's been a while. But it makes well, sense. This is an, a story RPG, so... I feel like... Now that they've put the like unhide feature, I think more and more developers seem to be using it appropriately and just putting yeah. story achievements behind hidden and not things you can miss or you know kind of be collecting or whatever or be pointless to be hidden. So I don't know. I, I tried not, or I don't want to say I try not to do. I don't do it as often as I used to with the unhide feature on newer games. I find because yeah, like, I just assume it's going to be story. I always at least try to do it. Um, oh, but uh, also too, since we've been talking about accessibility, uh, I do want to bring up our Spotify question that I had up last week, which uh, I thought was very interesting. So I asked everyone, you know, do you think games should have a difficulty setting for accessibility reasons? 20 people voted and nine said yes 11 said no so it's actually pretty split even like i can see both argument sides of this of it it, as a developer it would make sense to have difficulty reasons like settings to have people more play your games but never fault a developer to make a game hard because they want it to be hard but i also might not play a game if it's crazy hard i know where i'm like i'm not i'm gonna have to ask andrew's help all the time like no so for me as as someone who isn't great at video games it 100 percent would make me question whether i want to play a game and but i wouldn't be upset about it yeah i'd just be like this game obviously isn't for me yeah and that's what i love that this game kind of gives you the options to be harder kind of be a little more accessible but yeah i, I think it's interesting that that was kind of almost a split even on people's stance on it but um yeah let's get into our final thoughts here uh, I'll go first because I'm just going to gush about this game for a little bit for the next uh, five minutes here. Sea of Stars. Play this game. This game was so good. If this is off Game Pass, I highly recommend it. This is, honestly, I would easily spend $60 on this game. I loved Sea of Stars. 
did not disappoint. As I said in the top of the episode too, if you're someone who's like about JRPGs and turn-based RPGs, this game might actually sway you. I felt like its pacing was done so well. I didn't feel like I was being bogged down by constant random encounters. I wasn't getting bored with the combat because the combat was always keeping me on my feet by having to do an extra attack or perfect block. I thought the story was well written. My only complaint about the story is there's some characters' motivations I'm hoping it's fleshed out more by the end, but the way they explain their motivation, I was like, this makes no sense. Like, like you want to cause more death and destruction for really lame reason? I don't know. I, I, To me, I think there is more reasoning to it because I did see at least a background story that's kind of shedding more light on it. So I'm hoping it fleshes more out. But that's my only complaint as far as the story goes. I thought the pacing overall was really good. I thought the just the you know typical RPGs, you're reading a lot of text, but I thought the text were short and sweet, no more than just a couple minutes long. The music is top-notch. The graphics are fantastic. The boss designs, the environments, the characters. I loved, loved, loved Sea of Stars. This might be my game of the year. I, I loved it that much. Uh, Sabotage Dang. Studios did it again. Uh, I'm giving it a 95. Check it out. It's it's good. Wow, I'm surpri- like not surprised, surprised, but that's that's a high. I, score. I originally was giving it ninety, but then I'm like thinking, I'm like, what is my complaints? And like I said, the only thing about story, like that's it, because combat is is I think the best turn based RPG. Like I said, of being able to switch my party members mid battle made me so happy. I hate having to bench party members, and I want to play them, but I want to play everyone. So yes. Keep going. Stars. <clears throat> I think it's awesome. I it's not. I don't do a ton of turn-based RPGs. Uh, partly just as as I've stated in many episodes of this podcast, I don't typically have a lot of patience, and I like to just run and gun. And it's just it, it's it's good for for my style. But I had so much fun with this, and I think that. It's, it's exactly what Andrew had, had pointed out and I agreed with earlier is that the battles are actually engaging without needing to be like a tactical RPG where tactical RPGs are very engaging because you're moving around, you're doing all these things, but I don't do well with them because, well, I don't know. That's just a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but, but yeah, Sea of Stars is just, it's, it's a ton of fun. I, I love really everything about it. I know I said that it felt a little bit slow, but I, I, it wasn't even in a bad way. It just, there was something in a feel of a, of a moment where I just, I don't know, thought I was going to be opened up to the game 10 hours into it. But all that to say is I didn't dislike my, my 10 hours leading up to it. I didn't feel like it was, I had, you know, wasted all this time. So yeah, I, I think if you're not typically a huge turn-based fan and you want one to get in, you know, get your foot in the door, pick up Sea of Stars, especially while it's on Game Pass. It's a ton of fun. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I would I would say a 92. It's hard because, like, right where I'm at, I feel like the game is going to open up even more. It and does. So it's like <laughs> I, I have to kind of keep that into consideration as well and i did enjoy it i think i'm gonna give it a 91 uh it's so hard like i said i feel like i'm just at the line where it's gonna get even better and yeah yeah when i think about like things that i don't really like about it i mean 
It's not, there's not a lot. So Which, Sorry to pause you. I forgot to mention of Time to Beat. I usually do that during the achievements. But real quick, <clears throat> yeah, you're looking between 28 to 35 hours. So it's a relatively decent-sized RPG, but it's not crazy long. But yes, Liz, I, from what you're saying, it does open up. Yeah, so, I mean, I also, I mean, I definitely didn't like it as much as you guys, um, especially <laughs> Andrew. But yeah, I definitely, I, I think it's, I think it's a good game. And looking at Metacritic Series X, 89 and 8. But it's weird. I felt like a lot of the things that people were complaining about were things that other people praised it for. <laughs> so for instance, pacing, some people felt like the ending was rushed. Some people thought the story was perfect. Uh, some people didn't like the music. Some people love the music. So I, I definitely didn't see anything, you know, um, really indicating something wrong with the game kind of thing. Cause it it's, was, it's more just people taste. Yes. Yeah. That's fair. Does the game kind of become like a little bit open worldish, or at least like you can free travel? Yes. Okay. And see, I think that's where I, the point yeah. I, I'm at. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's like, all of a sudden, I know that the game's about to just become so much bigger that it feels like everything I did was almost just an introduction to all of a sudden meet this open world or like the next big thing. And that's where I go back to just defending my statement. I, I don't see it as a bad thing. It's just that's I think that's what it was in particular that I know I'm just like on the cusp of this big moment in the game and I'm just I want to break through it. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, you I, get a I, ship I and you start to sail so the more. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it us for here. Um, if you, like I said, if you want to join us on our Discord, uh, I'm a dumb butt, and I just realized that I did not create a permanent Discord invite. Uh, I did fix that now. So if you go to GamePassGrabBag.com, you'll find all our links, including our link to our Discord. We record every Tuesday around 8:30 p.m. EST. So if you want to come listen to us live record and interact with us, uh, feel free to. Uh, if you have any game suggestions, please email us, gamepasscrabback.gmail.com, or hit us up on anything, or Discord or whatever. You know, we always love game suggestions. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Tange. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird Z1952. Play uh, Sea of Stars. I've been Keith. And boy, do I have a task this week. I've got to raid Xbox Game Pass. That's, I mean, that's... that's you got to raid Xbox Game Pass. No pressure. <laughs> 9.7. I don't know. They're, they're, they're not they're actually going to even listen to this, so. I hope they do. That would be kind of cool, though. So if you do listen to it, you're a 10. <laughs> I'm Liz the Noob Gamer Tech, coming on Dean. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Liz the Noob Noob Busy W. It's because I know that, the, you know. Um, you right now. I'm excited to. I know. I realize I probably shouldn't have worn pajamas, but. <laughs> I am wearing pajamas. I was just thinking that. I was like, this is really professional. Oh, okay, good. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, it's like almost 10 o'clock. It's like getting into Next my bedtime. I'm going to come with like a suit and tie. I'm in, just so I'm in my own up. home. That's it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mean, to I'm gonna stream in a dog suit. Classic. I know. <laughs> I, you know I'm not, I took my bra off for this, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I'm really excited to listen suit. to last week's episode because I um I haven't heard it's Donnie, right? Yeah. I haven't heard Donnie's voice, and so like I, it's weird hearing somebody talked about and then not knowing what their voice sounds like. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited to to listen to that. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll actually start also recording these uh, rec- 
record, like video record these and put them on YouTube. I think we're going to need a better camera. Yeah. We're looking very yellow. In a better room. <laughs> a better face, I love Andrew. Keith's background. Keith, you need better internet. <laughs> as he froze. I, I know, as, I saw that too. <laughs> I, I don't see any issue with mine. You guys aren't frozen. I'm moving just fine. I think we're going to need a weigh-in from Javier on this because he's watching both of us. So you can tell us whose fault this that is. That was really funny. I was like, are you frozen? <laughs> all right, everyone. We're going to end here. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye.